Welcome to The Sale Ring, a podcast dedicated to real estate brokers, agents, and America's top auctioneers that keep the markets moving. Join your hosts, Sean and Trina, as they talk with most successful realtors, marketing and technology experts, investors, and influencers. This show is devoted to all industry professionals looking to up their game and stay up to date. Welcome to The Sale Ring. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us on the podcast show, The Sale Ring. Today, we've got the international auction champion, Barrett Bray, and it's going to be a great uh, segment. I'm glad you're tuning in. We want to thank our sponsors for today's show, United Country Real Estate, America's leading lifestyle and rural real estate company, Starker Services, a national 1031 tax exchange intermediary. Mineralmarketing.com, mineral marketing for all of your oil and gas marketing needs, and also auction time. Auction time is the way to buy heavy equipment. With that said, we've got Mr. Barrett Bray with us, and uh, Barrett, thank you so much. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about it. I've got Trina Turner sitting here with me, and as we uh, dive into some questions we've got for you today, we, we really appreciate your time. I know that you're a busy guy since you just won the International Auction Championship. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a uh, of a whirlwind of a week and a half or so. I'll, I'll tell you, it's gone pretty quickly, but I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. So tell us a little bit about Barrett Bray. Just kind of let everybody know who you are, where you're at, how long you've been in the auction business. But give us uh, give us a little background on Mr. Barrett Bray. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, again, my name's Barrett Bray. I'm in Oklahoma City. I've been in the auction industry for about ten years or so, give or take a few months. Um, I got into kind of tripped and fell into the industry. Honestly, it wasn't anything that I ever planned on or expected to do. I'm sure a lot of auctioneers uh, that that our first-generation auctioneers could probably say the same thing. Uh, I started working with my in-laws here in Oklahoma City years and years ago and, and worked with them and managed their company for a long amount of time and really felt a uh, desire and a, a just, a, I guess, a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit wanting to step out and start my own company. So this past January, I, uh, I, I left my uh, previous position last year, and then this past January, I launched my own company here in Oklahoma City, we service all of Oklahoma and surrounding states as well, and that's called Bray Auctions. So, um, uh, man, really through, uh, through the last 10 years, I've done things, oh, I mean, everything from real estate to minerals to, to, to grandma's estate sale and, uh, and everything in between on all of that through the last 10 years. So I've had a really good bit of experience through some different segments of the industry, and I'm looking forward to continuing to serve my market and doing that stuff uh, in the same way. How long did you say you've been in the business, Barrett? Since 2008, so right at 10 years now. One of the questions I'm sure that people are going to have about this episode is uh, what exactly is an IAC championship? What's an international auctioneer champion? Uh, what does the championship itself consist of? Uh, who sponsors it? You know, And as we're all familiar with the NAA or the National Auctioneers Association, but Give us uh, give us a little bit of the rundown on IAC Championship. What that uh, what that kind of Absolutely. is in the industry. Yeah, and you know what I am. Um, well, I mean, I'm just I'm so honored to be uh, an NAA member. The the National Association has done huge things for my business and just for my own education and for my clients and customers as well. It's really really rounded me out uh, as a, as an auctioneer full time. But the the International Auctioneer Championship. 
Uh, most people are surprised when they hear that there is uh, competitions for auctioneers. I, I think that most of them think that all we do is get up and just talk fast. And, and that's the beginning and the end of the day. But, you know, really the, the IAC was founded in, I believe it was in 1988. So this was the 31st year of the competition. It is sponsored by the National Association. And, uh, and it is international. We had, uh, we had some guys from Canada as well as, uh, from, uh, Great Britain this year as well. Some guys coming in. So, so it is a world championship. Now the, the competition is, is set up the format of it. There's a men's and a women's division, uh, anywhere from, oh, I mean, I think typically on average, you're looking at anywhere from 60 to 90 men and, and anywhere, uh, a little bit less than that on the, uh, on the women's side of things. This year, I think there were just about 62, 63 guys, and I think there was about 15 women that were involved in the competition. There's also, uh, going concurrently, is the uh, IJAC, which is the International Junior Auctioneers Championship, and that is for uh, any of the guys that are a little bit younger, and it gives them an opportunity to jump in and have their own time and their own uh, their own field of their peers to work in. Is there, you know, guys that are, you know, 16 and under? I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the age is that it goes up to on there. JAC is held concurrently with the IAC. We, uh, th- there's an original uh, bid calling portion, the preliminary portion, where all of the contestants get up. They have items that are there that you're able to sell. You draw a name out of a hat and you figure out what number you're going to be, which contestant number. And the uh, corresponding items that you're going to be selling, you get those, stand up, give an introduction, welcome the crowd, speak to the judges, announce the items that you're going to be selling. There's, there's definitely a portion of that that is stage presence and vocal clarity and quality, uh, uh, just uh, the way that you sound and the way that you present yourself. And then it goes into a a mode of salesmanship of when you're able to describe the items that you're selling, and then you go right into the chance. So then you have a a, a bit of a a cadence. You're judged based on your cadence and your rhythm, the speed at which you sell, and uh, your ability to engage the crowd while you're doing all that. So And that's that's the same uh, throughout the different divisions. Once you get through the preliminary round, it's weeded down. The uh, We took the top 15 men this year, and I believe the top seven women went into the finals, in which point there is uh, two finals rounds, the first of which is an interview round. All of the contestants are sequestered in a room and brought out one by one and are asked the same three questions, uh, questions that are related to the industry or to the association. And uh, you, you don't know what you're going to be asked, but you're up on stage in front of the entire room and and you need to, you know, be able to give a, a uh, an understandable answer to it that is related to the industry. As I mean, of course, the person who wins the championship is considered to be a an ambassador for the association for the year. So they definitely want to make sure that you have a bit of an ability to speak to what the issues are that are facing the industry overall. So after that, uh, you come back a little bit later in the day, and there is a final bid calling round, just the same as the first one, but the energy is cranked up to an eleven on that one. And, uh, and, uh, so getting through all of that, that's basically the format and the process of it. Most of my clients, when I tell them that I was in the championship and the competition, they, uh, they do find it funny that there's, uh, that there are auction competitions. I usually get the weird look when I tell them the format and just as a joke, I usually throw in. And then we had the swimsuit competition that came in <laughs> after that. And, uh, <laughs> we're about 50, 50 on people that half the people start laughing and half the people look at me very, very seriously, uh, not sure whether I'm joking or not. But uh, that's, that's a lot of fun to that's jump amazing. in. But, it, but it's fun. It is. There's a bit of pageantry to the competition. You're there to showcase yourself. But, man, you're really there just to have a lot of fun. And uh, that's what it was for me this year, for sure. Swimsuit competition. 
I, I think we're going to see what we can do to get that added next year. I doubt that I'm going to be able to push that through, but I'm going to, I'm going to make my, well, as uh, an ambassador, you should at least have a say, right? So absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The voting's going to be a lot different moving forward. Absolutely. Uh, it gets added. So, okay. That's a great overview that, uh, and you mentioned the IJAC international junior auctioneer champion. Is there an age limit in that? I think there is, and I don't. I don't even know what the age limit is on that. I do know that the uh, the current champion in the IJAC is 16 years old, and uh, I, I believe the other two contestants that were in the finals with him were younger than him. So I'm I'm imagining. I think it goes up to 17 or 18, but I, I but I'm not 100 percent sure on that on what it goes up to. Honestly, this was my first time competing in the IAC. Uh, I'm a first time contestant, and really, I'm also a first time conference attendee. I, I never made my way out to the national conference and show put on, put, uh, put on by the NAA, but I happened to win the Oklahoma State Auctioneer Championship this year. So uh, I, in winning that, the Oklahoma State Association, uh, they, they ended up paying my entry fee into the international, and I wanted to make sure that I could represent Oklahoma and come and, uh, you know, never expected that I would come out as a first-time winner um, in the IAC, but uh, I mean, obviously I'm so glad that I did, but really I was just glad to be able to come in and represent Oklahoma on a national and an international level as well. Well, I know there's several people, contestants that have been competing in the IAC competition for quite a few years, uh, for a guy to come in in his first year after winning his state association, you compete in the international auction competition, win that the first year out of the gate, um, that's the highly unlikely that's uh, and it speaks well of uh, it speaks well of your abilities and it speaks well of uh, the practice and and uh, the dedication that you've kind of put into um, to excelling in this competition so congratulations on that yeah. thanks so much and I will say that I'm, it's a, it's an unbelievable honor to to be uh, to, to my knowledge the first guy who has come in and done that uh, as a first-time contestant and a first-time attendee. I, I don't believe it's ever been done before. And as much of an honor it is, and as much as a blessing as it is, there's also a little bit of a curse to it as well. Because really, the, the biggest prize that I was able to take away from competing in the IAC, I, I had several friends that were in the competition. I had several friends uh, that, that I've known for years that were actually finalists with me up on that stage. And uh, I've always known that the camaraderie and the encouragement from the different contestants, I mean, at the end of the day, we're there to beat each other. We want to beat every other guy in the room. But there's such an opposite side of the coin that goes concurrently along with that, where every single guy in that room is cheering on every other contestant. We, we want to build each other up. It really is a family mentality. And, uh, you know, these guys that I know personally have worked together and they've competed together for years upon years and have seen each other grow and build, and they've been able to be a part of that with each other. And I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed um, that, I, that I won't have that opportunity anymore. Uh, as, as a champion, you're not able to go back and compete any more years. So, uh, but, but I am very, very happy to be able to remain involved with the IAC, and I definitely will remain into the, the, the distant, uh, the far distant future. I want to make that a part of what I do on a yearly basis and pouring into that and making sure that we continue strengthening the industry through that sharpening uh, and the competition that goes along with things. You may have already uh, answered this in your initial kind of breakdown of what the actual championship and the contests included, but who, who actually judges the competition? 
every year there's a different panel of judges that's brought in, and uh, that's that's always kind of a fun thing because uh, you know what I was told when I was before I went down to Jacksonville, which is where conference and show and the IFC was held this year. I was told by a few people, hey, just keep in mind if you're competing. You're not just judged whenever you get up on that stage on the day of the competition. You're more than likely going to be judged from the moment you step off the plane mm-hmm. because nobody knows who the judges are. And it's it's a competition as much as it is a competition about your skills and your ability and and uh, your, your representation of the industry. There's just as much of them saying whoever wins this is going to be an ambassador. And there's more to the competition than just what happens on stage. There's there's a public perception. And so, you, you know, you go into it and have a mentality of any person that I am passing by in these hallways over the, you know, the week previous to the IAC as people are getting in and flying in and doing different classes and different panels and, and checking out the, the, uh, the floor uh, at, the, uh, at the convention itself, uh, any person that you're dealing with could potentially be a judge in the competition and you don't find out until the morning of the competition who the judges are. They come in and they sit down. It's a panel of, uh, I believe it was eight judges. It may have been 10. I know there was one or two, uh, reserve, uh, individuals that could step in and fill a role if they needed to. But, uh, but you know, those, those judges are chosen by the IAC committee each year. And there's only one or two people that are even there that have any idea who the judges are. So you, that's, that's kind of part of the fun of it because, you know, as you're, as you're working your way through and as you're, you know, obviously, I, I don't think anybody wants to uh, to look at networking or building relationships as anything that has anything to do with the competition. Hopefully, everybody would be doing that anyway. But there's definitely a portion of that where you're saying, okay, I, I want to be the best version of myself. And, and really, I think that is what the goal of the IAC in any auction competition is in general. Let's sharpen each other. Let's build each other up. And let's make sure that we become the best versions of ourselves so that we can adequately represent the industry to our clients and to our customers moving forward. Well, that's a great thought. You know, it challenges you personally and professionally to, uh, as you said, be the best that you can be. And it's, uh, of course, it's got to be a stretch for uh, for you to walk through that convention not knowing who the judges are. Now you have to be nice to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Well, Barry, you and I... Hopefully I have, that wouldn't be a problem for anyone. You, uh, but, but, but definitely there's something to, to be said about that. You and I have met each other personally and you are uh, one of the nicest guys I've ever met. So obviously I say that in joking, but... Uh, and we're going to talk about... Uh, thanks, John. And, and the, the check's in the mail. Thanks for saying that. I'll make sure I get you taken care of for, uh, for lying officially on the deal. But no, no, no. I appreciate it. I feel the same way. Um, Sean, for, for anybody who doesn't know, actually, you and I met originally when I went through auction school back in 2009. I'll never forget. You were one of the instructors that was a part of the auction school that I attended. And uh, honest, I, I've just always uh, held you in, in such high regard, and I've been happy to have built a little bit of a relationship with you over the years as well. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I, I am world-class. and uh, I was about no, to I'm say, just... give it a couple of minutes, Barrett. You might have a whole different thing to say. If you don't mind, I'm going to sit here and groom my feathers a little bit and uh, you know, kind of stroke my ego. So we're going to talk here in just a few minutes. We're going to talk to you about the preparation and the training that you put into uh, getting ready for the International Auctioneer Championship. I think that's going to be interesting. We'll have some of our listeners maybe. Uh, in the auction business, they're new, uh, they're they're younger, they're they're training, and they'd like to maybe consider competing out there. So any pointers like that, we'll get to that in a minute. I want to ask you about the initial impact, though, because this is fresh on my mind. You just won 
the world's leading auctioneer championship. What's the initial impact? And, and just for our listeners' sake, this just happened in the last two weeks, folks. So it's it's brand new information. How has that changed you? How's that how's that impacted you? I'll tell you what the the initial and I'll, I'll say. Um, there, there's some personal impact, and there's definitely some professional impact as well that I would say. Personally, I, I mean, I've been on cloud nine for a week and a half. Um, this, there is, you know, to say that, uh, from what I said earlier, you know, I, I stepped away from a position in an auction company that for the last decade, I really expected and planned to remain in that spot for the rest of my life. I felt rooted. I felt grounded. That's where I thought I was going to stay. And, you know, you, you, you get an idea and you get an itch and you make a decision. And I, and I really stepped out in faith with an understanding, hey, this may not work out. But if I don't try it and I don't put myself in the position to test myself, then I'm always going to wonder what would have happened and what could have been. So the, the initial impact for me, uh, just, uh, just, just uh, as an auctioneer, as a business owner, and as somebody who is working on growing a business from, from the beginning, the initial impact was a bit of validation. It was a, okay, this, this shows me that I'm on the right path. This shows me that I can move forward. This shows me that I am doing what I should be doing. And that was uh, just that validation and that, that big breath of fresh air of a, just an, okay, things are right and things are where they need to be. That, that was huge for me. Um, anybody who has ever tried to step out and start any sort of business has an idea of the grind and, you know, the stress, it's a good stress. It's a building stress. Um, it's a motivational stress, but it's stress nonetheless. And that's something that I've carried around for the last six months. And, and that has been a big motivation for me, but now to be able to hold this title, um, you know, and I carry the trophy everywhere that I go uh, all day uh, in and out of restaurants. No, I don't really. But, you know, if it, but, but I feel like I do. I feel like I'm wearing that trophy and I'm carrying it on my shoulders. And that is a constant reminder to me of, you know what, I'm an auctioneer and my peers, my colleagues, my coworkers, my family, my friends, they saw something in me that told them that they wanted to award me a championship in this. And there's no better feeling than that, to be judged by your peers and to, uh, to have them put you in a position where they put you out on top. Um, you know, at the same time, there's, there's a, a huge amount of pride that I take. And, and uh, you know, my, my kids, everywhere that we go, they tell people, my daddy's a champion. And there's no better feeling than having your two little girls going around and saying things like that. They take turns wearing the medal whenever we're at the house and, and running around. And to have, uh, to have your kids uh, as proud of you as, as my kids have been the last couple of weeks, not that they weren't before, but, but just to, to show them, Hey, you know what? There's uh, you can do these things. You can step out and whether, whether you think it's going to happen or not, if you put yourself out there and if you try, you can achieve what you want to do. So that, that was the personal impact that I would say uh, initially of, of winning the IEC. And I, and, and I mean, really it's still so fresh and so new. I'm, I'm still trying to uh, allow the gravity to set in on the situation. On the other side, there's the uh, there's the professional impact, and uh, to be able to have the opportunity, I've had multiple media outlets in Oklahoma and uh, and outside of Oklahoma reach out and want to speak uh, about the competition. That the, you know, I've been highlighted as a as an international champion, and it lends some credibility to you as a professional. For people who don't know you personally, to be able to say, hey, I, I stood up against some of the best auctioneers in the world. And, uh, and I ended up winning this competition. And when you tell them everything that goes into the competition and the preparation of things, it lends some credibility to you as a businessman. 
that, uh, that, you know, obviously we're always in a position where we want to be able to lend that credibility. We want to be able to tell our clients what we do and why we're the best at it. But this is just uh, maybe just one step up, and it makes it just one step easier to be able to do that. And then on top of that, uh, professionally, I've, I've had the opportunity. I, I can't go into a lot of detail right now until Penn gets put to paper on some things, but I've been contacted by some, uh, by some different companies and some different auctioneers, and uh, it's looking like uh, winning this competition is going to give me an option to do some contract work as well, uh, some work that I, I have dreamed about doing for years and years. And uh, to finally have that dream come to fruition, uh, you know, w- whenever that does come through and, and things happen, I'm going to be very, very happy and very, very thrilled and very proud to be able to, uh, to, to wear that title as well and put that hat on whenever it comes along. So uh, uh, overall, uh, again, as a first-time champion and as a first-time competitor, uh, I don't know that the impact has completely set in. And I think over the course of the next year, as I go through this championship period and represent the NAA uh, through the different opportunities that they have for me, I I think that will very, very slowly set in. And then uh, next July at the National Auctioneers Conference and Show in in, uh, in Louisiana, uh, I, I uh, I think maybe at that point I might be able to give a better answer about what the impact has been uh, over that course yes, of time, but uh, it's it's yeah. still a day by day thing, and it's still something that I'm getting used to and kind of wrapping my head around at this point. Well, Barrett, you're a humble guy, you know, and that's uh, one of the things we appreciate about you being on this show. And congratulations to you to everything that's happened to you. It's uh, it's not by chance, my friend. It's 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 not just a coincidence. Uh, it, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of effort, and. You've done well. We're going to slip away and hear from our sponsors, but when we come back on the back end of this show, we're going to talk about the preparation and the training for any of the listeners out there that's interested in the national or international auctioneer championship, state competitions, the different types of competitions that are in the auction industry. We'll have you give them some helpful tips, uh, some pointers, things that you used out there, recommendations for uh, for training up for those competitions. So let's slip away. Hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Ever dream of owning a country estate, historic home, or lakefront property? Log on to unitedcountry.com. Would you like to retire to a home built on breathtaking acreage in the mountains? Unitedcountry.com. Ever dream of your own private hunting preserve? UnitedCountry.com. Over 30,000 farm, recreational, and lifestyle properties are just a click away, helping people find their American dream for over 90 years. We will help you find yours. Log on now to UnitedCountry.com and find your freedom. Thinking about selling a real estate investment, but worried about the taxes you'll have to pay? Property owners just like you have solved their tax issue with a Starker Services 1031 exchange. One call could save you a fortune in taxes. Call Starker Services today at 800-332-1031 or visit online at www.starker.com and keep the tax dollars working for you. Are you looking for heavy equipment but unsure where to start? Then you need to check out AuctionTime.com. Buying great equipment has never been easier than bidding online at AuctionTime.com. What are you waiting for? Online auctions are closing every Wednesday. So register and start bidding today. AuctionTime.com, the way to buy heavy equipment. 
crude oil, natural gas, coal. Buying and selling minerals is a breeze when you have the right energy professionals on your team. Mineralmarketing.com is a leading resource for America's mineral owners. Whether you're wanting to lease or sell your mineral rights, Mineral Marketing has you covered. Mineralmarketing.com, the oil and gas marketplace. And we're back on the sale ring. We've got the current 2018 International Auction Champion, Barrett Bray from Oklahoma City in the studio with us. And Barrett, we were when we left for the sponsorships, we were talking about uh, everything that's happened to you since you've won the International Auction Championship. But I think the questions that we would like to kind of finish this up with is how do you prepare for it? How do you get ready? So what's your routine, man? What's uh, what's kind of your, your daily or weekly activities that'll help you become a champion? Man, that's a great question. I, I would say that uh, especially in the weeks and months coming up to the IAC, uh, I definitely set a time aside for myself to practice my chant, to work on my chant, to make sure that I had the, the, the clarity and the quality and, and the cadence and the rhythm that I felt like I wanted to represent and, and uh, wanted to sound at my best. So I set those times for me to work uh, on that, on the chant, and, and do my practice times. And I also pulled in a couple of people that I really respected, and I, I, I wanted to hear what their feedback was on it. So I would actually record myself set up a camera, set up a microphone, and walk out as if I was walking on the stage and practice it exactly how I wanted to, to, to present it whenever I was on the official stage. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. That, that makes a lot of sense. So how many times a week would you say that you practice that? Oh, I'd say that I, 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 I typically, anytime that I'm driving, I'm practicing my chants and I'm listening to other chants and I'm, and I'm really trying to get that focus down on exactly where I want to sound. And, you know, after 10 years, my chance has evolved into, I mean, at least half a dozen different chants over that amount of time that I, that I pick up something that I like and I decide to incorporate it and I drop something that doesn't work anymore uh, from there. So it's, uh, it's really an evolution uh, as it goes along. But I would say that uh, especially focus specifically on the IAC in preparation for that, I would say I did one to two sessions a week where I would block off 30 minutes to an hour and just record myself, listen to it, make any notations, go back and do it again, and uh, and go things along that way. Now, when you say that you would listen to them uh, and then listen to them back, are you talking about listening to your own recordings, or did you research, um, you know, previous winners? You know, I, I did watch uh, a lot of the previous winners. It wasn't as much to listen to their chances; it was just to listen to to what their representations were, you know, the, the introduction and the welcome of the judges and speaking to the crowd that is there has a lot to do with the, uh, with the scoring process. So I wanted to hear kind of what different people said, but at the same time, I also picked up on some things that I felt like everybody said. So I made a point right from the beginning, I'm going to write my own script. I'm going to have something in mind that I want to say. And if I hear anything that has been said by anybody in the past that they said it, I don't want to do that. I'm going in here to stand out, and I'm going out here to showcase myself, not just to blend in as another guy who says some of the similar things. So, uh, I, but, but I did do a lot of recording my own chant and listening it back, setting up a microphone in my kitchen or in my closet where the, uh, where the clothes are soaking up some of that extra sound and the echoes as, as it's going along. 
And I would stand and record for 20, 30 minutes and then go back and listen to it and make notations and, and uh, really put those things to mind of what I liked and what I different like and what I didn't like. You know, when we're, when we're on the block and we're actually selling in person, it, it, it's, uh, it's a one-time thing. Yeah. Nobody else uh, in the crowd as, as a customer or as, or as a client is really going to know much different. Uh, they just hear an auction chant. And, uh, and it makes it easy for us to get away with some things and not have to worry about it nearly as much. But when you know that you're prepping for competition and you know that the peers and the judges that, you're gonna be, that are going to be listening to you and scoring you are people that have a very detailed understanding of the chant and of the industry – it kind of puts you on another level of wanting to make sure that you do things as best as possible and, and really show that best version of yourself. You brought up a good point when you were answering Trina's question. Um, the chant itself is not the only thing that you're judged on, is it? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, in fact, I, I, I would say that, that my, uh, my vocal clarity and my ability to, to project probably gave me better scoring than my chant actually did. It's, it's, a, it's a, if you step out there and you focus on the, the need and the requirement that you're there to command attention from an audience. I mean, that's what we have to do when we're, when we're selling. When we're stepping into a professional position, if you step up and you're not able to get the attention of the people that are in the room, then you're not doing your job as an auctioneer. So that was one of the things that I really focused on, on wanting to have that clarity. Uh, I've, I've been blessed to, to have a voice that I, I, I've got a, I've got a baritone voice that carries a little bit further than, than some others. And I knew that that was my strength. So really, if anybody is, is wanting to prepare, I would say, don't do what somebody else is doing. If you're listening to me, don't say, well, I want to have a voice like Barrett Bray. That's not what it's about. It's about knowing what your strengths are and understanding how your strengths represent the industry. And focus on those because that's what sets you apart as an auctioneer. So focus on that. Build those things up. Make that your focus. And then flesh out the rest of it to the best of your ability. And that's how you, that's how you make the finals. That's how you place. And that's how, you know, hopefully you end up becoming a champion at any one of these events. What about, uh, what about tongue twisters? Working on rhythm, you know, just your repetition. and your, Do you have any tongue twisters that you that you frequent? You know, I, I, Betty Botter. Uh, I mean, I think every auctioneer knows Betty Botter. If you don't know Betty Botter, you need to be practicing it. And it's one that really helped with my chant. It really fits my chant a little bit. But it's Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So she bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter better. So it's better Betty Botter bought a bit of better butter. And you work on that over and over and over and get the rhythm, and you end up with Betty Water bought some butter, but she said this butter is bitter. If I put it in my batter, it will make my batter bitter. So she bought a bit of better butter, put it in her bitter batter, made her bitter batter bitter. So if it's better, Betty Water bought a bit of better butter. Wow. And, uh, to those bees. You know, that's the one that I work on with my kids and with my friends, and, and uh, when they want me to teach them how to, how, to, uh, how to perform an auction chant, I say, work on that, and when you've got that down, we'll, uh, we'll work on the rest. But get that going, and you'll do that. So. Uh, there, there's probably a few more, and, and I don't think that any of them are necessarily or anything more than the other. I think it's more about being comfortable with your chant and finding something that fits you. All of us have a different uh, intonation. All of us have a different speaking style. All of us come from different areas, and we have different dialects that I think really shapes the way that your chant fits you, who you are. So, I, I mean, again, do the tongue twister if it's something that helps loosen you up. 
But don't think that that is what your chant's about. Your chant is about being you. Your chant is about showing who you are, whether that is uh, which part of the country you're from, whether that is you separating something out and having something that you add in that feels good based on the shape of your mouth and how everything works for you. But that's what I would say focus on more than anything. Focus on you and what makes you unique as an individual and as an auctioneer. Sounds like Mr. Rogers. Be the best you you can be. <laughs> and, uh, and won't you be my neighbor, Sean? <laughs> I will. You know what? I would be your neighbor. Uh, I would tell everybody <laughs> my neighbor is the world auction champion, the IEC champion for 2018. And I would, uh, I would milk that for as long as I could, just being neighbors with you. Well, I'd love to have a barbecue anytime. You just give me a call. We'll make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> it is on. It is on, my friend. Hey, um, let's talk about recommendations to listeners that are interested in competing in a bid calling competition. First off, where are they found? Where are the competitions? You know, typically any of your, uh, your state auctioneer associations is going to have a competition. And I think that's where you should start. Because, like I said, the auction competition isn't just about going and competing. It's not just about standing up and showcasing yourself. It's not just about trying to take home a piece of hardware and, and a title that you can tell people you have. It's about building relationships. And it's about building relationships that are going to strengthen you. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day, but before, they, before we ever stood up on the stage as finalists and, and they went into to talking about second runner-up and the reserve champion of the champion, I knew standing on that stage, and this is what I said to my wife on the phone before I went up. You know what? No matter what happens today, I'm a winner because of the relationships that I was able to build, because of the fun that I've had, and because of the rejuvenation that I felt in what I do as a living. You know, when, when you do something every single day, it, it has a tendency to occasionally become a little bit stagnant and a little bit stale, and it's just what you do. But to stand up with other guys that do that every day and to have that camaraderie and to have that family that was what I took home as a winner, whether or not I had any hardware or not. So, uh, you know, m most important thing, get involved in your state association. And if you can, get involved with the National Auctioneers Association. I, I mean, that is going to expand your horizons. It is going to stretch your way of thinking. And it is really, really going to take you to another level. So, but uh, I would say start with your state association. So look at within the national market. There's also the World Auto, uh, the, the World Automobile Auctioneers Championship. If that is within your segment of the industry and you're an automobile guy, then I would say step out of that because there's guys that are going to be able to help you in your business along with stretching you as an auctioneer and making you a better bid caller. There's a World Livestock Auctioneer Championship. And then there's private organizations. I know there's the, uh, the U.S. Bid Calling Championship that happens and multiple others. You know, take a look at it and call guys that you know that are in the industry. And gosh, you reach out to me. Uh, feel free to call me. If anybody wants to call and talk about auction competitions, and uh, I, I would be happy to talk to anybody anytime and give whatever little bit of advice I feel like would be helpful to them. But, but I mean, if that would make them feel better, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Well, that's very generous. I know you're a busy guy, especially with everything that's happened to you recently. So I, I think that's a generous offer when uh, you're you're publicly announcing that on a podcast show. And I know you to be a genuine guy. You know, I, I appreciate uh, your giving back to the auction organization. I made a, a speech at the National Auctioneers Association at this past convention. And during that speech, one of the questions that was asked of me out in the hall is, is why do you belong to the National Auctioneers Association? 
And I said, you know, it's interesting. Years ago when I started in this profession, I didn't really have a choice. The older mm-hmm. generation had a belief that it's your responsibility to support your national and your state auctioneers association. So if you're going to be in this industry, that's just what you do. Now, over time, that's evolved. Our, our, our culture has evolved into uh, kind of a what's in it for me, you know, philosophy out there from our, our fathers and forefathers, but that's okay. Uh, that's I, I think that's just an, uh, the natural evolution of things. As that evolves, we have to be more diligent with uh, giving something back to the industry. Because if you just take and take and take, at some point there's nothing left to harvest. And um, I, pr- I appreciate your willingness out there to step up uh, as, as the rest of us try to do and, and give something back to these young auctioneers that are starting up. It's a tough industry, Barrett. You know, it's a very difficult industry. Well, it absolutely is. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think I think that, uh, you, you know, through, through the relationships that I've had with auctioneers that have done this for a lot, lot longer than I have, that's been the trend that I've heard as well, that it's moved into a uh, an understanding and a, a bit of an, a feeling of obligation of pouring into the industry, into moving away from that mentality and segmenting off. Uh, and, and, I mean, really living in what I call the auction bubble, where, you know, you do your thing and you do what works for you, but you don't really in that position have an understanding of what else might work better for you if you're not able to reach out and speak with different people. And, I, and I'm happy to say that, um, that the next generation of auctioneers, or at least the, the ones that I've had the opportunity to work closely with and, and talk to and speak to, I feel like we're making a full, a, a full circle back to the idea that uh, with a better understanding that it's not just about it's, – it's a blend of the two mentalities. It is our job to, to work to better the association – because the association is doing their job to better the industry. So if we are working to build up the associations, our state associations, the national association, if we are working to, to, to work as advocates to strengthen them, what they are doing is, working, is reaching out to on levels that we can't do individually as auctioneers and business owners. And they have a much, much larger voice to be able to reach out and act as that same advocate but on a national and an international, on a uh, on a government level, in in ways that that we couldn't do individually. So as we strengthen one, that strengthens the industry, which is the benefit that we are able to to take out of it. And for the small bit of sacrifice, and for the small bit of time and effort that it takes to really become one of those active members, I don't think there's any better benefit to being a, a, a state association member or a national auctioneers association member. Man, I couldn't have said that any better myself. And this has been a great show. We really appreciate you being on. You know, just kind of a recap. I mean, as the as the 2018 International Auction Champion, you're going to be extremely busy. A lot of opportunities coming your way. Uh, you have um, given a lot of yourself and, and continue to mentor a lot of people and, and to be a role model out there, which is greatly appreciated in the industry. How, how do I get a hold of you? If, if, if I'm out there and I'm listening to this show and I was like, man, I'm a young auctioneer and I'd like to have the training, how do I reach out to Barrett Bray? What's a good way to follow you or to contact Absolutely. you? My, my company is Bray Auctions. Our website is bidbray.com. Bray is B-R-A-Y. So B-I-D-B-R-A-Y.com is my website. My personal email is Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T, at bidbray.com, or you can also reach me on my company phone anytime at area code 405-888-5366. If I can ever be of any help to anybody in this industry, that's a role, and that's a decision that I made a long time ago that I would always pour into anybody 
that ever needed or was looking for any sort of help. So if I can do anything for anyone, please don't ever hesitate to reach out to me. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been hearing from Barrett Bray, the 2018 National Auctioneers Association's International Auction Champion. On behalf of Trina and myself, we greatly appreciate him being on uh, the podcast, The Sale Ring, with us. And uh, we look forward to catching you next time. Thanks, Sean. I'd love to be back sometime if you guys ever need anything. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity and what you guys are doing with this podcast for the industry. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate your time and effort on here, Barrett. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's show. To access all resources and links mentioned in today's show, head over to www.thesalering.com now. We appreciate your feedback and encourage you to share the show with other industry pros like yourself. Join us next time as we meet you inside The Sale Ring.